you saw a moment ago, we are now in part two of our new series called Going the Distance. And we continue with our emphasis on being strong in the Lord and maintaining that spiritual fervor. You know, in just a few months, the Olympics will happen in uh, Japan. And um, every four years, this happens. And uh, this year in June, in 2021, they say now this week, they're saying that it may be completely private. There may be no fans in the stands. Can you imagine? And um, athletes are training and in some cases preparing for years for this competition. And um, it's a picture of the preparation and the attitude that you and I as believers should embody for victory. Being very mindful of the attention we need. I was thinking just um, uh, earlier this week about uh, the early days of our ministry here, Bonnie and I, and one morning I was still not sure exactly how to get the most optimal way to get from our home to the church. And uh, so I was kind of going along uh, trying to find my way. Bonnie was coming later. And um, a man from the church was right in front of me, and he waved at me, so I felt, you know, praise God, I'll just follow him in. And uh, so I was not paying attention, I was just following him blindly, and uh, just followed him and went on the road, and it wasn't long until we were on the Salem Parkway, and then in a few moments we were getting ready to enter the I-5. And I thought, something seems a little odd about this. And Just at the last minute before we got on the highway, he pulled over and came back and said to me, "Um, Pastor, good morning. He said, I see you're following me. I'm going to the airport. I have a business meeting in another city, and you probably want to turn back and get to the church. I said, well, I'm still trying to find my way. And, uh, you know, this morning it's kind of a picture about how easy it is to get, have the right attitude but be completely oblivious to what's going on. We want to be careful to follow the right voice and the right leadership. Our golden text for our series is found in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24 and 5, where Paul writes to the believers, Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? So run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last. But we do it to get a crown that will last forever. That's what our objective is, to pay pay very close attention because the crown is the victor's crown that is not just awarded to one, but anyone who runs the race in such a way that we are welcomed into heaven on that day. And I believe Jesus is coming soon. Did you hear me? I believe that judgment is going to come speedily. And when that comes, God's people are going to be taken away, I think, and I believe. And anyway, I want to say to you, run the race carefully. This morning, I want to focus on the topic of desire. Desire. Some people have it in their mind, if I could just get over the border and just make it into heaven by the skin of my teeth, I'll be fine. And I've heard growing up in church, many people say that, I just want to make it in the pearly gates. Well, I don't think, first of all, that that's a biblical response. I don't think that's a a response that glorifies the one who hung on the cross for you and me. His name is Jesus. You and I can't succeed in our journey without desire. You won't succeed. Your life 
is designed by God to be a masterpiece of His grace. That people, when they see you, will say, look what God has done in that man or that woman. We know that this morning, excellence in our lives is not an event. It is a process. Excellence is not an event. It's not something that we're going to jump on. It's a, it's a process of life. So this morning, as I begin, I want to ask you this question. How great is your desire? Your desire to live for the Lord, to please Him, to honor Him, to walk with Him, to bless His name. Some live sloppy, selfish lives, focusing only on their personal comfort. If you stay in this church very long or you listen to the messages from this church, you know that that is not what we're shooting for. I believe God has put into the heart of every Christ follower to live for God with great desire to be all and to do all He has planned for our lives. So our question this morning is, what do you think He wants to do with you? What do you think He's calling you to do? What do you think is His purpose for your life? How many of you know that God has a definite plan for your life? A definite plan. A, a, a corner by corner, a, 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 a GPS reminder day by day, if you will, for you to discover that plan will, will require diligence. And if you do, you will find real significance and lasting impact so that when you lay your sword down, uh, should Jesus uh, tarry and you come to that point where you're ready to pass on, you can say, I've lived a full life and I've made a difference with my life and I've impacted people for the cause of Christ. That's what we want to be able to say. Now, Paul says it like this in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15. I'm reading from the Amplified Version. Therefore, see that you walk carefully, living life with honor, purpose, and courage, shunning those who tolerate and enable evil, not as the unwise, but as wise, sensible, intelligent, discerning people, making the very most of your time on earth, recognizing and taking advantage of every opportunity, and using it with wisdom and diligence, because the days are filled with evil." I can take a snapshot of 17 executive orders that will have lasting impact on the soul of our country and say, the days are filled with evil. Snap. In verse 15, this admonishment is critical for us. He says, walk very carefully in our thinking, in our speaking, in our decisions, etc. Why? He answers the question in verse 16, because we are to make the most out of every opportunity. The picture here is of a wise person who is daily taking every opportunity to be a doer of God's will. A doer of God's will. Normally, when when we uh, make a shopping run, my wife and I, or if I'm running doing it myself, I try and do it as quickly as possible sometimes walking at a pace that's very brisk through the halls of, uh, and the corridors and so forth. Several weeks ago, I began to notice a man at the, uh, the produce guy at Walmart, and uh, he's a Filipino man. 
And uh, I don't make fun of Walmart anymore because the manager now comes to our church and I didn't know it. <laughs> so I want to be real careful what I do. <clears throat> but I go early because I know that there may not be anyone in the line, you know, to the checkout line. It bothers me to wait it long in the checkout line. I may be the only one that feels that way, but that's, that's personal, very personal. Anyway, I noticed the produce guy. And I greet him every morning when I'm in there getting stuff. And, uh, and I said to him, um, how are you doing and, all, and so forth. And I noticed him holding his hand, holding his hand, rubbing his hand, rubbing his hand. I thought, I'm going to talk to him about that and I'm going to pray for him. And uh, so the next week I came in and I said, how are you, how are you doing this morning? And he said, he's doing, doing fine. I said, you look like you're in pain. He goes, yes, I am. I said, where's it from? And he says, I don't know. I said, I don't know you very well, but would you let me pray for you? Because I believe there's a God in heaven who cares about you. And he paid a price for you to be well from pain and from suffering. Would you mind if I pray for you? And he just looked at me like, what? And he said, okay. So I prayed for him right there between the uh, uh, carrots and the celery and uh, (laughs) prayed for him. I want to make the most of every opportunity to magnify my Savior and make his fame and his kindness known to people. Make the most of every opportunity. He said, because the days are evil. Paul announces that the evil nature of our age will rob us of opportunities to make an impact for Jesus. Some people are fearful to say anything or do anything because Somebody might find out about you that you're a person of faith and they'll defame you or take you off the Facebook page and, and defriend you and all of those things. Well, so be it. Let him do it. Praise God. There's only one real friend that you have today. He will never fail you or forsake you. His name is Jesus. And he's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. <laughs> Praise God. This is our total responsibility. Now, some are numb to fear and consternation. I hope that you are one of those. The uh, archbishop was telling me yesterday he has 110 congregations through the state of Oregon that he oversees, and he was telling me how concerned he is about many of them and their lack of interest in the spiritual aspects of being a Christ follower, and we were talking about that and spending time getting acquainted he said some are just asleep, and it bothered him. And I, uh, I'm concerned when I sense that people are drifting spiritually, aren't you? And we want to have desire, great desire. Now notice in addition that desire is the starting place for achievement. Desire is the starting place for achievement. The dream God has given you and the desire that you have to do it and carry it out in your life is your secret to happiness and fulfillment. Doing what God wants you to do is your secret to happiness and fulfillment. Once you and I find out our why, the why we are here, then we'll be able to find our way. You have to know your why before you know your way. I want to tell you, I'm so grateful that I've listened to the call of Jesus to serve him and to walk with him. 
I don't know what life would be like if I didn't know that I was walking to please him and honor him. I don't know what kind of sorrow and emptiness there would be. Why is your purpose? Why is your purpose in life? But the way is your path. The way is your path for life. When you know why you're here, you can focus and turn from thinking only of yourself to making a difference for others, which is really the bottom line of a productive life. Do you remember the man in the Bible whose name is Jeremiah? The Bible um, calls him the weeping prophet. He was not very well received. When he spoke, people were upset because he spoke of judgment. He spoke of our need of repentance and so forth. He was for time confined in prison because he was such a powerful voice for God. But he had a great future, even though he was in prison. God spoke a word to him while he was incarcerated that applies to you and me this morning. Jeremiah 33, 3. God says, I want you to call to me, and I will answer you and show you great and unsearchable things. King James says, mighty things that you know not of. Wow. God is still waiting for people to call upon him to find the way and the why for their lives. If we're going to run with diligence, we have to know these things. In Psalm 37, verse 4, the Bible says, Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Have you ever wondered about that verse? What does that mean? Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. You go, well, I have a desire to be this, this, and this. Is that what he's going to do? Well, let's just think about the word delight, first of all. Delight yourself means to enjoy the nearness of God's presence and the truth and the righteousness of his word. Our desires, as we grow in him, become in harmony with the desires of God. So when we say delight yourself, you're talking about enjoying his presence. You say, well, I, I tell you, frankly, I don't, I don't, I'm not at that level right now. Well, then call upon him and ask him to help you. Talk to him about it and say, you know what? I want to be a doer of the word. I want to understand this. Amen. How can we achieve this level of living, this level of desire? Well, here's a couple insights. First of all, surround yourself with wise people. Be careful who you associate with. Did you hear me? Be careful who you let in to your inner circle. If you hang out with small thinkers, people who are faithless, who only care about today, you will not succeed. Did you hear me? You won't succeed. If you hang out with complainers, compromisers, critics of the things of God, don't be surprised if you spin your wheel year after year and you have no traction. Some people say, well, if God is good, why did this happen? Why did that happen? Randy Alcorn wrote a book about that. It's a great book, If God is Good. I say he is good. And I want to know more about him than I do about this world. In Proverbs 13, 20, God's word says, walk with wise, walk with the wise, and you'll become wise. 
for a companion of fools suffers harm. Wow. I don't, I'm not interested in the latter part of that verse. How about you? At the end of the journey, suffering harm, and even all along the way? Uh, no, I'm not interested in that. I came to a point in a Christian college after my first year. I was in the middle of the first year, first time away from home, looking for my way, and um, I hung out with the wrong guys. And I made some tactical blunders along the way. And I realized in the middle of all of that, this road is not the road I want to be on. This road is not the road that God has for me. And so I jettisoned myself from those friends. They weren't friends. They were just people going the wrong way. And I made a course correction. I'm so thankful that I did. Not only should we surround ourselves with wise people, but we should surrender our plans and move with God. Surrender your plans and move with God. Exchange your plans for his plans. We're talking about going the distance. We're not talking about starting the race and then going, you know, this is not, I'm not enjoying this kind of a strain. I'm not, in, I'm not enjoying this kind of a race. No, no, we're, we're called to race. Only one wins the prize, the one that goes the distance, right? Proverbs 16, verse 3, commit to the Lord whatever you do, and he will establish your plans. Wow. What a powerful verse that is. Dale Moody was on his deathbed, and he called his sons to come close, and he gave them this word of advice, and I'll quote it to you. If God be your partner, make your plans big. And then he passed away. Let us, as a family of believers, refuse to go into mediocrity. Refuse to quit when tested by discouragement, when trouble comes, and trouble will come. When difficult circumstances come, instead of saying, is it any use to serve God? Can we really believe God for what he's promised? Who would talk like that? May God help us to surrender those thoughts and let God enable us to go the distance. And thirdly, this morning, desire God's leadership and his anointing every day. If you're going to go the distance, you're going to have to do it this way. Desire his leadership and his anointing every day. I like the music, whoever's got that going, but uh, praise God. You and I are living in an era of fear, death, and deception. Deception at the highest levels in our world. And even in our government. And America is in the middle of a great war for the soul of our nation. So don't give up. Don't quit praying. Be a difference maker. Don't retreat. Great opportunities are in great days of disappointment. Several weeks ago, I was drawn to this passage of Scripture that I want to refer to before we close this morning. It's a moving passage for me personally. I hope it speaks to you. In Jeremiah chapter 18, I'll start reading at verse 1. This is the word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord. 
go down to the potter's house. And there I will give you my message. So I went down to the potter's house, and I saw him working at the wheel. But the pot he was shaping from the clay was marred in his hands. So the potter formed it into another pot, shaping it as seemed best to him. That's what the potter was doing. Then the word of the Lord came to me. He said, can I not do with you, Israel, as this potter does, declares the Lord. Like clay in the hand of the potter, so are you in my hand, Israel. If we're going to go the distance, we need to go to the place where God can shape you. Be in the right place where God can shape you. We can't be in that mode that says, hey, this is who I am, and that's the way it'll be. Jeremiah was instructed to go to the potter's house. Many scholars believe this is a picture of the church. Now, Jeremiah knew his nation was in trouble. He knew that the nation was going to be taken into bondage. But God had a plan to speak to Jeremiah, a word of relief, a word of insight, and a word of instruction. And please hear me today, God always has a message for those who want to do something great for God. If you're listening, he will tell you things you need to know to be able to make an impact with your life. Now note, it didn't matter how many went with Jeremiah. He was not concerned that scripture does not point out that there was, well, nobody's going with me down to the potter's house. It didn't matter who was there, the potter was, God was there. So Jeremiah watched and observed the potter who was working there. Thank God that you can come to a place regularly where God's presence is exalted and is on display. Jeremiah 18.3, so I went down to the potter's house and I saw him working at the wheel. The world is under attack as you know today. And the devil knows his time is short. I love the scripture that's found in Revelation 12, 12. It's so informative. Woe to the earth and the sea, because the devil has gone down to you. He is filled with fury because he knows that his time is short. <laughs> I'm not worried about his future. I know what his future is. The Bible, I read the back of the book. He'll be cast into the into the fire, and he will be there forever, you know. But in this reality, God is still fashioning vessels for his glory. He's pouring his spirit out on willing people. If you say, I don't want you to do anything more with me. I've learned John 3.16, and I'm good. I'm good, for, I'm good for the journey. Are you serious? When the potter would love to fashion you and fill you and equip you for greater things you've ever dreamed? And you'll linger on the shore? Children are lovingly being led to the Lord this morning on this property. They are growing in their knowledge of the king's plan. Young people on this property will be liberated today from plans of carnality and selfishness. 
families are growing in God's will and yielding their futures to be kingdom builders for the glory of God. I think the key here is I saw him working at the wheel. It's an indication to me that we should never feel like we've arrived. We should feel like, Lord, would you please continue to have your hands on me in my development, in my attitude, in my appetites. Continue to fashion me after what you see and what you want. Let us let God be ahead of us and permit his wonderful hands to shape our goals, to fashion our dreams, to fill us with insight to reflect his glory, that we would be enabled to release his power through our lives to make an impact in the world in which we're privileged to live. Are there appetites and attitudes within us today that don't honor the Lord? Are there things that we may not would, would tell a lot of people about, but there's things inside of us that we shouldn't be involved in? I don't think any of us can be fully blessed until we say, Lord, what do you want with me? What do you want to shape me into? Let your will be done in me. Mold me after your will. Let God shape you. So it reminds us of the important statement, let's get ourselves under the master's hands. Oh, there's a, there's a powerful hand there that wants to guide you and touch you and help you. We had a black lab while we were, before we moved here. We had to give him away because where we lived, there was no room for a dog like that. His name was Rocky. Rocky would run all around crazy, and they said he would, as he grew older, he would calm down, but he never did. <laughs> but he would come, and when he came to me, he just wanted my hand on his head. And when I'd pet him on the head, he'd just longingly look up at me, and just, you could see he was in it. He was in heaven. I want God's hand. I want his hand on me. Jeremiah 18, 4. But the pot he was shaping from the clay was marred in his hands. So the potter formed it into another pot. Interesting. He didn't just patch it up. And sometimes we think that God is just going to patch us up and we're going to keep going the way we want to. No. He wants to make another vessel out of you and me. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things have passed away, and all things have become new. Shaping it as seemed best to him. If I'm going to run the race, I need to do every day. Lord, would you put your hand up upon me? And I want to know what you see is best for me. That's what I want. Please note he was working with mud. <laughs> He said the clay was marred. It's true. All of us have sinned. We've got stuff. We've all missed the glory of God. We have rough edges in us. 
He wants to fix that. He wants to make us a vessel of honor. May God help us. As I close this morning, along the way, you and I have made mistakes. And the decisions that we've made and those details, in many cases, have left us with scars and sorrows and consequence. Other potters would have discarded this unsightly piece of clay. Other potters would have quit long ago. Other potters would have said, it's too late. Nothing can be done with this one. Not God. I can fix that. I can make my presence known in that vessel. You've been abused, overlooked, abandoned, tricked, and teased by the enemy. But our God, if we're willing, if you have desire, will keep working and fashioning you and me. So every day, our prayer should be, Lord, touch my life today with your glory and your greatness. I want to display a desire to be what you want me to be every day. Lord, have your way with me. He may ask you to do something that's not convenient. He may ask you to do something that you don't want to do. But if you and I will experience the victory that God has ordained, we got to yield to him. He's still working. He's still creating. He's he's still healing people. He's still filling people. Most anything good that will happen in your life has happened or will happen because you displayed desire. Oh, I remember in 45 and 38, back in 1808. I'm I'm just looking over here. Just don't take that personal... I just, there was nothing as good as that. And all I could say to you, go down and watch the potter. He's still working. He's still working. So let's get close to him. Keep your life under his control. Let him pour his fullness into you. Because at the end of the at the end of the journey, We want to resemble what he saw when he created us, right? Not what, I'll do it my way. That will be the greatest song sung in hell. I did it my way. But the great song they'll sing in heaven is, we did it his way. Would you stand with me please this morning? Holy Spirit, take your truth, plant it, plant it deep within us. We want to go the distance for you, Lord. Deliver us from compromise. Deliver us from the easy road. And give us that great burden every day to train ourselves 
to be what you want us to be, to walk in a manner that will bring glory to you. And Lord, we ask you to fill us fresh today. Fill us afresh with your power and your presence. Oh God, we need you. Not our way, but your way. All over this campus today and wherever you may be watching this on our online church this morning, I want to tell you God loves you and he has plans that exceed your imagination. You go, well, at this stage of life, I I don't know that there's much left to do. History is filled of stories of people who even in their 80s decided to turn the page and to do something great. And people marvel even today at their accomplishments. May God help us to yield fully. Thank you, Jesus, for what you're going to do. If there's anyone here today that is away from you, we look to you in expectancy. We look to you and say, would you put your hand upon us? Would you cleanse us? Would you purify us? Would you wash us afresh? Would you help us resist that desire to get your hands off of us and that we want to get our piece of clay off of your wheel? Oh, God, never let that happen. We want to stay pursuing you all the days of our life for your glory.